I'm Kyle McNulty, and you're listening to Secure Ventures, the show that follows cutting-edge founders in the cybersecurity space to understand their plights, glories, and revolutionary products. With me in this episode is Roy Friedman. Roy is the CEO at C2A Security, which is developing a host of solutions to improve the security of automobiles. Before taking over as CEO of C2A in 2022, he was the vice president for Telex, enabling autonomous vehicles but performing large-scale testing through simulation. Roy joined C2A because he feels security is a key requirement to enable the autonomous vehicle movement. Since he joined, the company has reimagined the ways security can be effectively implemented across an automobile and its components. Roy, thanks for coming on the show. Happy to be here. So tell me a little bit about your background before C2A. You've been working at Fortelix, which was uh, essentially autonomous vehicle technology. You were, I think, testing these kind of autonomous vehicle deployments to make sure that they were safe and operating effectively. How did you get introduced into this whole world of self-driving technology and just the future of automotive technology? So actually, I've been uh, around the automotive for, I guess, um, maybe eight, nine, even 10 years. I'm not, uh, mm-hmm. don't catch me on the date. But uh, my, uh, my romance with uh, the automotive started when I was in a company called Core Photonics that was later mm-hmm. sold uh, to Samsung. And this was um, um, focused more about sensors and imaging. And there I was, um, let's call it, instructed to find a way for us as a core photonics to utilize our technology inside automotive. And then, you know, I was, uh, uh, this was my first uh, encounter with this industry. And the, what kind of fascinated me was the whole, your car is becoming a computer on wheels, an iPhone on wheels, an Android on wheels, whatever you like. And, um, you know, th- that was the, that's what, that was when I started really to dive into this industry, starting to know the players, the ecosystem, and the challenges. Um, so you're playing with some kind of driving technology at Core Photonics. What brings you to Fortelix then? What does that transition look like? Ah, that was easy. Um, <laughs> so when I started to know uh, the industry, um, I kind of uh, looked into, um, you know, uh, thinking that... Um, you know, you know that your com- there was an announcement, of course, that the company is uh, being sold uh, to Samsung. I'm not, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, my preference is to, you know, start things from scratch and kind of be more of a entrepreneur, I guess, in, in spirit. So I was looking for my next challenge and, you know, starting to look into automotive companies. There were a couple. And then there was one company that talked about, you know, how hard it is and what it will take for a vehicle to be able to drive itself. It doesn't matter if it's driving itself fully, but uh, just to give it some autonomy. How many scenarios do you need to run and test this vehicle in order for you to be able to understand that this vehicle is safe enough to drive people, hmm. okay, to have people in it? And then I, you know, I started to kind of think about the challenge and the size and magnitude of this challenge. And, you know, I got uh, some um, understanding of the solution that Fortelix provides. And for me, it was a decision that took like a week uh, to move on, which was very, very quick. Um, because I really believe that what Fortelix is doing is critical. You know, that safety 
will be one of the determining factors of whether there will or will not be a, a high-level ADAS or um, autonomous vehicles. And what Fortelix brought to the table, or brings to the table actually, is something that I believe is very, very unique and game-changing. Uh, it's still, I, I think that Fortelix still didn't reach its full potential, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a startup, so <laughs> it's ramping up. But uh, uh, there is something about Fortelix that uh, kind of uh, was very easy to make this decision, very, very easy. I can sense a parallel coming. You mentioned the idea of safety is a requirement for <laughs> autonomous driving to be a success. I'm sure there's a there's an element of you that's going to say uh, security is a similar lens in terms of just that that requirement for self-driving technology to function effectively within society and and addressing that risk. But before we go there, I'll, I'll give you the chance to to give your spiel there. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned with Fortelix, part of the the kind of problem space that you were looking at is how many scenarios do you have to run to determine if an autonomous vehicle is safe? What was the answer to that question? How many scenarios does it take? The answer is um, um, the industry is evolving and kind of understanding that the answer is not a specific number or this is not a game of, uh, let's call it uh, just residual risk. Let's call it like that. It's um, if you take a chip, you know, a semiconductor today. Do you know how many tests uh, Intel or any other company is running in parallel every minute in order to verify that this chip is uh, functioning correctly and before it goes into the fab, you know, and being produced? Because you know the cost of failure can be hundreds and uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, if not more than that. So they make hundreds of thousands of parallel tests. Now wow. take this, take this, and compare it to the challenge of uh, of, uh, of an autonomous vehicles. How many tests a day, a night, will you need to do? So we are talking about millions and millions and millions. How do you generate millions of tests? How do you collect the data and analyze the data from millions of tests to know what have you covered, what have you not covered, what is still missing? So this is where Fortelix came. The, the, the founders of Fortelix came from the chip industry. They have done it all their lives. And um, they kind of brought the, the whole notion or idea of digital testing or uh, coverage-driven verification. They brought it into the automotive world. And this is not only um, scientific. It's um, something that is a, an holistic view of how to do this testing. It's, it's bigger than just... Um, it's more of a pragmatic approach. Maybe this is the, the right uh, phrasing to it. And when you deal with something that is, uh, you know, some people, uh, I, I, this is, uh, you know, I'm going back a couple of years back <laughs> to, to the discussions, you know, we had over the years with Fortelix. A lot of companies, you know, wanted the bulletproof uh, solution. Let's find everything. Let's find, you know, the, you know, the, the, the solutions that are not pragmatic. And Fortelix came with a pragmatic solution to the problem that is um, that I really liked, and um, um, you know th this is the essence. That this this uh, what is what Fortelix was doing, and the the idea of how you do it, you do multiple CI/CD based, you know, continuous integration based, uh, continuous testing every day of millions and millions of tests, 
that repeat themselves and then randomize as well, automatically randomize and go to corner cases automatically with mixing of different scenarios that you cannot think about, you know, by yourself, that the machine is creating for you. And if you do all of that, then you will be able to, to say that you have um, tested enough and, and you know, um, reach a certain level of, of, of safety. This is the way. This is the pragmatic way to do it. But we can talk for hours about that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you're, you're painting a good picture as far as the complexity that comes with autonomous vehicles as a whole. And certainly a lot of that uh, likely applies to the security of autonomous vehicles as well in terms of all the different attack factors that exist given all the various components, uh, potential uh, effects of different security incidents on the vehicle. So it, tell me now, you have this experience at Fortelix, you get this exposure to the autonomous uh, driving world, additional exposure. Michael, the original founder of C2A, uh, was then presumably looking to bring someone else in. Uh, how did this all come together? How did you end up joining C2A? So Michael um, basically approached me um, a year before I joined C2A. Mm -hmm. uh, he saw me at Fortelix, he saw what I was doing, so you know, the business that I'm bringing. And um, he thought I uh, did a good job and tried to convince me to leave. I was not uh, at the moment, you know, that he, the first that they connected to me, I didn't say yes immediately. It took a year to make this decision because, you know, I was invested in Fortelix heavily. I built Fortelix, basically. I built a business from zero to, you know, a very uh, a successful revenue-generating company with you know, deals with companies like uh, Volvo, Trucks, Daimler Trucks, uh, uh, many others that uh, maybe I cannot, uh, can, Valeo, may, many others that I can and cannot name. Um, and <laughs> yeah, you know how it is with, uh, and we need to be careful <laughs> not to breach any confidentiality there. So um, um, I told them that I need to kind of think about this. And I, over a course of a year, I kind of uh, digested the idea and I kind of did a very long due diligence to C2A security that I think would not shame an investor <laughs> that invests in a company. And I tried to think about what will be the fundamentals that will take me and move me from Fortelix to, to a company like C2A security. And I found um, that I have the fundamentals that I was looking for, and I can share them with you if you like. Yep. And um, and basically that kind of, uh, at the end of the year of uh, 2022, no, 2020, at the end of 21, sorry, uh, starting 22, I decided to, you know, do it and, and move to, to C2A. The fundamentals are this. First of all, I wanted to know that I'm dealing with something that is an enabler for the digital transformation, for the, for the connected electric and autonomous revolution. This is what I wanted to know. And cybersecurity, make no doubt, have no doubt, it's a fundamental enabler to this revolution that we are seeing right now, same as, you know, as it was, as cybersecurity was an enabler for the internet revolution. No less than that. And that was for me like one thing that I wanted to know. Because, you know, when I joined Fortelix, I knew that safety 
is a fundamental factor when talking about autonomous vehicles. So security is actually bigger. Security is a fundamental for electric, autonomous and connected. Very, very big uh, goal. Uh, I personally like to connect very well to what I do. It gives me like the motivation and drive. And second, I needed to look at the company itself and know what, what um, ingredients I have, what, what, what do I have to play with. And the first thing I look at is uh, I was, uh, I think, 10 or 12 years, an, an engineer, a software engineer, hardware engineer, product manager, R&D manager, architect, whatever you want. And first for me, first and foremost, I need to know that there is good technology in the company. Good technology, good people that can execute and create technology, problem solvers. I checked well, I looked at the technology and I decided that this is enough, uh, let's call it uh, enough um, um, material, fundamentals that I need in order to, to make the shift. These are the two uh, areas that I really focused on. So tell me a little bit more about the technology piece here, right? Because there are certainly several players that exist in the automobile cybersecurity space. What was it that stuck out about C2A that uh, made you feel, hey, this is not only material in terms that it solves the problem, but also is doing something fundamentally different than the other players that exist in the space? So uh, that's a great question. And actually... It's the next uh, step. After you understand that you have good technology, it doesn't matter what was the product or focus of the company, which I totally changed, by the way. When I joined a year ago, and what C2A is um, promoting and doing today is very, very different. It's fundamentally different. The technology assets are still there. and But the way that the product is built and what we are trying to solve after talking to hundreds of customers and understanding the pains of this industry is totally different. Every company, I think, that in in the in this field, uh, almost every uh, company started with the very same thing: let's protect the vehicle, let's protect the inners of the vehicle. Okay, let's let's see how to protect, uh, um, you know, uh, the ECUs. Let's see how to protect the networks. This is how most companies started, and. When I came to the company, again, I've been in business for around 10 years, I thought that this is um, very early for this question, for this industry. It's needed. It's needed yesterday. But for this industry, um, it it takes time. This is a traditional industry. uh, Protecting things inside a vehicle takes time. It's a a very slow revenue, uh, uh, let's call it revenue generating business. It's uh, the, the bomb. The software bomb of the vehicle is still not as strong as it should be and big as it should be. So the first thing that you need in order to build a successful company is have a, you know, something that can actually generate revenues in normal, in, in, in you know, relatively short time frames. It's not short in automotive, but it needs to be shorter than the in-vehicle stuff. So this I knew was the wrong uh, direction. But then I thought about something else. And that's where I'm, I'm going to kind of... Uh, get to now is it only about protection is cyber security only about protection is this is uh, is, is this the the essence of cyber security let's think about this for a second okay let's think about this together 
Sure. If you if you need to um, manage software at scale, and everyone now needs to manage software at scale, because the vehicle is a computer, right? If you need yep. to manage software at scale, if you need to basically adhere to regulations and standards that require you for all sorts of, um, let's call it cybersecurity controls that you need to put in code, if you need to um, give your customers software features all the time, constantly, and that will be the determining factor of whether you will sell cars, sell components or not, okay? Wouldn't you want to be faster? Wouldn't you want to turn cybersecurity to the most cost-effective thing that you do? Wouldn't you want your developers, the, the guys that develop code, to focus on features and not focus about putting security controls in your code? Think about this. I guess I think what you're getting at is the idea of like the regulation and security as a feature instead of as a requirement, right? And I, I think that holds true across a variety of different domains besides automobile security specifically, right? And I think that also uh, has been seen in the kind of DevSecOps shift yeah. and uh, shift left and security first mentality that's evolved across the cybersecurity industry as a whole. So I think uh, I'm, I'm on the same page with you to this point, if we're tracking here. Yeah, yeah, you are saying that you're saying it right. So I'm saying that the, the automotive industry is transforming. Hmm. Software is king now, you know, like cash is king. In order <laughs> for them, in order for the software, um, in order for the auto companies, okay, the, the OEMs, the tier ones, this ecosystem, to be able to survive and compete, they need to make cybersecurity from something that is hard, from something that takes time, from something that, uh, 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 you know, takes resources and headcount into something that is cost-effective, time-effective, and at the same time, be able to do, to provide the quality at the level that is needed in order to protect the vehicle. And that's where I'm coming from. I'm taking DevSecOps, which is something that you know uh, is fundamental for IT, fundamental. And I'm bringing it with all of the different, you know, dependencies and complexities of the uh, automotive product. And this is what I do. I am a product DevSecOps platform. I'm here to reduce cost. I'm here to reduce time to deployment. I'm here to enable my customers to make more money. That's, so, that's the point. Tell me a little bit more about what that looks like by example, right? Because you mentioned uh, traditionally the automobile security companies have been focused on what's inside the car. Uh, one of the things that's always puzzled me a bit about this space is thinking about the timeline uh, that these companies have existed for. And you mentioned that the industry, the automotive industry as a whole, typically moves a little bit slower. Uh, how did your shift or what did your new focus turn to uh, within the car just and, and the software that's being released with it? Let's, let's, let's take a very concrete example, actually, from, uh, from an OEM, okay? Um, you have this uh, smart cockpit concept, right, that sure. uh, everyone talks about. And you as a buyer of a, of a car, you know, if you buy a car and until we have all autonomous cars that we only, you know, drive with and basically get in and pay some subscription, 
if I, if you you know what even even in autonomous vehicles you would want I, I assume to have as many apps as possible during your ride okay you you want to have as many applications as possible yeah. you would want you would imagine to have the whole Google play like in your phone available to you in your car okay but what does it take to put Google play in your car versus having five customized apps of some very basic uh, capability the difference between the two is whether you manage the permissions manually or you use automation to manage the permission scheme of the different complex apps that sits in your containers inside mm-hmm. your um, your uh, your software so the difference between the two the the difference between you as a customer having more business value is basically automation it's basically devsecops so that's like a very clear idea of of how um cybersecurity turns into a business enabler and i'm not again this is not a sales pitch what i'm trying to to convey in this call is that um cybersecurity is much more than this uh, imaginary imaginary situation that someone will hijack your car tomorrow and someone will take over and some you know terrorist attack or or whatever it's something you want something very functional in your car you want to provide your 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 uh, customers with more features you need a, a proper cybersecurity and and by design And cyber security that is streamlined and automated it, it it's that simple I, I hope I am understood <laughs> <laughs> I, I think so again I think this will resonate well for a lot of folks who come from cyber security backgrounds or involved with the space and I think to your point it's about telling that transition within the automotive industry and how they're kind of coming to terms with this uh, new approach to security as well and you you mentioned this idea as far as you cybersecurity incidents and hey it's not all uh, car hijacking and terrorists there have been researchers demonstrating these examples of like running a connected vehicle off the road by uh, hacking in via Bluetooth or whatever it might be right those still feel like the consequences are extremely severe but the frequency is probably <laughs> fairly low. And so what is it when you're going out and talking to potential customers you say uh, this is the attack that you need to worry about you know how I do it uh, actually I do it in a bit of a different way so first of all the 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 frequency of attacks will grow that's a, right. a, a you know that's certainty when we will see attacks that are so major like the jeep attack a couple of years ago in 2016 that will be affect the industry in a, such a profound way I'm not sure but what I can tell you is that vulnerabilities vulnerabilities not attacks continue to rise and grow all the time hmm. because people find issues and ways and back doors okay even if none were, was used now if you take uh, an average OEM or T1 today and tell them here is a vulnerability deal with it How long do you think it will take them to find which software versions are affected in their vehicles by this vulnerability? How many people will need to be involved in the search? How much manual work will it take? How they, do you think that they will be able to prioritize between software A and software B and be able to say, wait, in software B, 
the, the risk is not so high. I will prioritize software A. There, the risk is amazing. And then finding a mitigation, a solution for that. The, the process I've just described to you can take months on months, can take groups on top of groups in order to do today, even with no attacks, vulnerabilities. And then if I can showcase that, and I can showcase that easily today, uh, OEMs, tier ones, the whole um, ecosystem understand that they need to be <laughs> ready you know, to deal with these vulnerabilities because the, the transition between a vulnerability to attack, to an attack, this is not uh, so, you know, it will happen. I hope it makes sense. Let's touch on the actual manufacturers of vehicles now, right? Because you've mentioned this piece of hey, vulnerabilities take a, a good portion of time to go ahead and actually resolve internally, but that also implies that there is a, an understanding of the importance of resolving vulnerabilities, uh, which is one of the key battles that comes with a lot of security teams today. When you think about securing vehicles as a whole, how much are the manufacturers building technology and, and performing a lot of these tasks manually versus not performing them at all? So I, I guess what I'm getting at here is when you think about the new players that are coming up and, and building these kind of automotive security capabilities, C2A obviously being one of them, is this something that becomes net new for vehicle manufacturers like Volvo you mentioned earlier? Or is this something that they're doing already internally, uh, just a bit slower and maybe with a different level of efficacy? I think that product cybersecurity, product cybersecurity is behind. I think that um, IT security is uh, taken a bit more seriously inside the OEMs, tier ones, and so on. Um, and um, they are a bit less mature when, it talk, when, it, when talking about uh, a product cybersecurity because um, a lot of the times the drivers are not vulnerabilities, uh, the drivers are attacks, and the second driver is regulation. Now, because of regulation, that kind of uh, tells, the <laughs> tells the OEMs and tier ones and chip providers, guys, you need to put a cybersecurity management system in place, then, you know, the first step is to say, okay, let's find a solution, uh, some uh, uh, auditing company to tell, you know, to put the stamp of approval and yes, 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 that's one uh, step. But then uh, thinking, you know, the brain, the wheels inside your head starts rolling and you say, okay, I need to do, you know, a cybersecurity management system. It needs to do something really. It needs to solve the problem. It needs to deal with the problem. And then, you know, we are at a stage, I think, that there is an understanding that you need to build a real operational cybersecurity management system. I think that right now, um, companies are starting to understand what does it mean. That what does it mean? When I mean what does it mean, it means, okay, how do I do it? And what resources it will take from me? And then, you know, okay, what are the tools needed in order to support this process? And then how do I do it efficiently? You know, with less headcount, with less cost, with less time. And that's like kind of where we uh, step in. How do you automate a CSMS in a, in a way that is functional? By the way, I can tell you, and it's no secret that cybersecurity experts are hard to find in any industry. 
not just automotive. This is a big problem, uh, the shortage in cybersecurity experts. You know, I'm seeing uh, right. TikTok videos convincing people to become cybersecurity experts. Then you know there is a problem. So, <laughs> <laughs> so at the end, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, you, you mentioned this idea of regulation. And I think this is always an interesting one to go back to in terms of a catalyst for change within the cybersecurity ecosystem. Uh, the SOC 2 requirements were such a good example in terms of uh, how this really catapulted a lot of um, requirements for security forward in terms of how much of a priority it became for various companies and a full new ecosystem grew around helping companies get through the SOC 2 compliance process. And so I'm curious within the automotive space, what is it that you're seeing in terms of as autonomous vehicles are growing, uh, new regulation or regulatory expectations around cybersecurity elements specifically? You know, I have um, um, what I'm seeing is that um, the ISO uh, 21434, SAE ISO 21434, I have friends in uh, the US, I don't want them to be mad at me. And <laughs> so this, um, uh, this standard and, uh, you know, R155, WP29, when it came out, you know, and, and this is not just it specifically, you have the Chinese regulation that is out there, you have... Uh, in Brazil, you have um, in India, this um, um, these um, regulations and standards basically push the industry, as I mentioned, to look into building up this CSMS, the Cybersecurity Management System, very similarly to the ISMS, if I'm not mistaken, the Information Security Management System. And companies are looking at it very, very seriously now because they need to do it and, and they pass the stage of just putting uh, the stamp of approval and, and getting the, okay, I'm, I'm certified into, okay, how does it really work? How does it uh, make my life um, uh, better? And um, I see it pushing the industry forward. I see it pushing, the, you know, from C2A's perspective, I can tell you that the traction that we have it also relates to what we sell now, but the traction in general, because of regulation and because one of the main modules that I sell under my DevSecOps is the actual CSMS automation or threat analysis and risk assessment module, um, I can see definitely a big push. That, that I can tell you. Hmm. And a piece we haven't talked about yet is this, I guess, applicability of IoT security software to vehicles. Right? It, we talked about early in this conversation how you're now focused more on the software that's being used within vehicles as opposed to what's inside the vehicle itself. But obviously that priority will come back around at some point. How effective is IoT security software in addressing some of those vulnerabilities that come with the various connected components of cars or is it just built for such a different use case that it can't quite be applicable in this construct? Um, so I'll, I'll try to maybe um, um, not correct, but maybe, um, you know, fix a bit, you know, sure, fix sure. A bit what I tried to say before. Um, when I say um, um, not looking at the inners of the vehicle, at the end of the day, everything is about the architecture of the vehicle, about the components of the vehicle. 
The only question is whether you are right now focusing on an, an embedded agent that sits now inside the vehicle and protects the networks and protect the ECUs, or are you using all sorts of capabilities like the ability to do intelligent security validation or the ability to model the risk of the vehicle and basically doing automation that connects between the risk level and the prioritization of vulnerabilities, what to, to deal with next. This is what I mean by moving from the inners of the vehicle uh, to, let's call it, what, what supports the protection of the vehicle from with external uh, DevOps or uh, DevSecOps. So it's not about, it's still about the vehicle. It's still about the inners of the vehicle. That That's the what we're doing. I, I will talk in you know a couple of minutes, you will ask me and I will say something about charging stations but uh, or charging infrastructure. But uh, I can tell you that um, in general, when you are looking at this um, at the, the vehicles as, as a whole, this is a completely different story than IT and very, very different from IoT as well. In, in the vehicles themselves, you have different protocols that are unique to vehicles like CAN. You have different types of Ethernet. You have uh, sensitivity and latency that is not uh, you know, dealt with when you are talking about IT. There are so many complexities when you are dealing with the in-vehicle solution that DevSecOps for the product of the vehicle and its components is completely different. That is actually, you know, if you ask me why I'm here, is because I believe that my seven years of understanding the inners of the vehicle gives me an edge that uh, other companies that come from the outside, you know, from the IT world of DevSecOps, they w- it would take them years on, on, on years to develop what I know and what I can solve with my solution. So that's like, um, so please don't, uh, maybe I confused you about that, but we are, we are always talking about the components of the vehicles and, uh, you know, the networks of the vehicles and the architecture of the vehicle. This is the essence. This is what you, you know, you work for. Right. And to your point, right, the software is still within that broader architecture of the vehicle, um, even if it is, again, like the, the software elements as opposed to the embedded systems that you alluded to as well. So that's a good clarification point. And, and sorry, I uh, confused any of those elements as well. Uh, so you already mentioned this charging station piece. Take us back there. How has just this electric vehicle revolution uh, introduced additional considerations as far as the autonomous vehicle and just overall uh, automobile security ecosystem? So um, when, when I looked at uh, what segments I want to focus on in terms of business, what, where do I want to play? So obviously, I, 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 you know, I, I decided to go with the vehicle. And then I looked around the vehicle and I said, okay, there is a major component here. It's spread around everywhere, stationary, connects to the vehicle, able to control and manage the energy of the vehicle, able to run through personal information of people because of payments and other things. I see this as a major uh, critical infrastructure uh, that needs to be protected. When I looked and searched and, and saw what is done right now with this infrastructure, you know, I can tell you that it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a huge danger. I mean, I can, um, I can definitely say or, or list 
so many things that you can do through a charging station to a vehicle or from a vehicle to a charging station and um, how you can control and, and, and do, you know, this is a huge attack surface. And um, I wanted not to run away very far from the vehicle. And a lot of the things that I've developed in terms of technology for the vehicle, including my ability to do anomaly detection, my ability to do security validation, to threat model, the, the infrastructure and the connection to the charging stations, all of the things that is DevSecOps and what I can do um, apply very, very well to the charging station infrastructure uh, domain. So this is why I decided to kind of extend my reach in terms of business to this world as well. And I can tell you that after talking and working, actually, with a couple of players um, in this industry, um, we are doing the world a service there. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Huh, interesting. Yeah, to your point, I think charging stations are, are one good example. And it, it still feels like this entire industry, there's so many attack vectors left to be explored. Um, and so the, the threat modeling piece that you keep bringing up, I'm sure is a fascinating exercise thinking through what is really possible and how are you mitigating some of the risk that feels more kind of pertinent and, and current uh, while also then just being mindful of the different opportunities that do exist and, and what the ramifications of those look like. So uh, wrapping up here, you've you've said a bit about uh, kind of where the, the company is headed in terms of continuing to, to build out uh, this broader suite of products across the entire automobile architecture. Are you currently looking for investment or hiring? Um, first of all, yes, uh, we are hiring and we are looking for investment, not a major investment, but... Um, after we changed a bit our strategy in 2022, uh, 23 is execution year, meaning that I have a pipeline that uh, a lot of companies can be proud of, and I need to execute and make sure that when I end this year, I end it with uh, a very significant, uh, you know, bags of money <laughs> in my bank account, and um, that will lead me to the more serious round that I want to do in order to really scale the company. So right now I'm looking for a small uh, small investment to help me execute this year on all the opportunities that I have. And trust me, I do have a lot. And it, it comes together with hiring more people uh, because, um, and, you know, in order to execute, you need good people to, to do it. So, yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, again, thank you for the time. It's been super interesting for me to dive in a little bit further into this space. Like I mentioned, not something we've covered on the podcast previously and appreciate your wisdom in terms of just how this space has evolved, how buyers and just automobile manufacturers are thinking about uh, security within their organizations now, how regulation is changing some of those perspectives, how DevSecOps is making its way into the automobile space. Uh, some, some great insights here. So thanks again, Roy. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and you can write to me at kyle at secureventures.io. I'm Kyle McNulty, and you've been listening to Secure Ventures.